This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along as always. And I'm going to jump right in today with reading a couple news articles that just came out recently. One is a federal judge has blocked a Texas law requiring age verification and a health warning for viewing pornographic websites a day before the law was set to effect. This was to be a law where people, persons had to verify with ID that they were at least 18 years old to watch pornographic material. U.S. District Judge David Ezra found that the law violates First Amendment free speech rights and is too vague. In a ruling on Thursday in favor of the Free Speech Coalition, an adult and entertainment industry trade association was the one that filed the lawsuit. Basically, the $100 billion porn industry filed this lawsuit. And... Then I saw other articles um, where similar laws have been enacted in Mississippi, Virginia, Arkansas, and Utah. And Pornhub, the largest porn website in the world, they blocked access access to their website in those states um, as a way to, I don't know, get back at them. And when I saw this, it made me mad because what it's really showing is that the porn industry is after our kids. This should make us just furious that they know that you get somebody hooked on age porn at 8, 8, 9, 10, 11, which is what's happening day in and day out, that they've got you for years, if not decades. So we can't just continue to watch this roll by. And another News article from the Express in the United Kingdom. Billboards promoting social media accounts for a nude model have been approved by the advertising regulator despite outrage from residents. The posters, which are on display in four London areas, show, I'm going to not mention her name, provocatively posing in a bra alongside her username for Instagram and OnlyFans. Although the Advertising Standards Authority ruled that the image was not overtly sexual and may only be distasteful to some, residents warned it could push children toward pornographic content. And there we are again. They're trying to capture kids and get them hooked. Once they get them hooked, it it destroys their lives. And then it says, OnlyFans, a platform where over-18s can subscribe to users' posts has been previously branded by the New York Times 
as synonymous with porn. Watson states that her own account contains fully new content with no paywall. So this should just be tearing us up, this realization that the porn industry is after our kids. And we've got to take this fight. We've got to, you know, talk about this openly in pulpit. So I'm going to do something a little bit different for the rest of this show. You've perhaps heard the introduction song. It's called Set Me Free. I should say the introduction song to our show is called Set Me Free, and it's by Casting Crowns. And once we got the radio show kicked off again three years ago, I knew that I wanted immediately, I wanted Set Me Free to be the intro and the out because the words in this song nail what a lot of people are going through. So we're going to cue this up now, and I'll let you listen to it, and then I'll come back.
That song, Set Me Free by Casting Crowns, is a perfect storyline of what a lot of people are going through in the church today. A lot of Christians, a lot of believers, and they feel like they're all alone and they're tormented and they're in the spiritual fight for their life, but they don't realize it because, you know, we don't talk about spiritual warfare too much. So what I'm going to do is riff off of some of the things they said in the beginning throughout the song. And and again, that set me free by casting crowns. And he says in the beginning, before the dark ones came, stole my mind and wrapped my soul in chains. And this is a perfect analogy to what people go through who are in bondage to pornography. They're in bondage. Over time, they get addicted and they're in bondage chemically emotionally and spiritually. So chemically, it warps the brain to where you basically become a dopamine addict where you're running after images and pornography and and other similar sins to try and get a lust hit, to try and get a dopamine, to try, dopamine hit, to try and get something that's going to make you feel good. But of course, it never works because for the believer, sin just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, it might feel okay for a few moments, but sin doesn't work, ever. And if you have the Holy Spirit in you, there's going to be a war going on inside of you when you're looking at this stuff. And afterward, you're going to get hit with another war, and that's going to be the, what he talked about, the war in the mind. He's, he, he talked about having his mind stolen, because what happens is the enemy comes at us after he's set the bait and we've taken it down. He comes at us and says, there's no hope for you. You're a shamed loser. You will always be in bondage to this stuff. And he'll effect, in effect, he's saying that you belong to him when we know in Scripture what God says is we belong to Christ. I think that's 1 Corinthians 6. So what happens is those who are in bondage, sexual sin, and other other areas, they're being they're being attacked and assaulted in their mind with all sorts of lies to do everything from the enemy to keep them hooked in bondage and despair and hopelessness and wrap my soul in chains. What part of what this does, this stuff, porn, is it totally warps the character. So from the very beginning. Porn is done in isolation in a dark setting. Nobody sits there and goes in the family room and does that in front of everyone. It's done in darkness. So you're literally training yourself to hide and lie and deceive from the very first time you use it. And people don't realize this. So lying and hiding gets woven into the character and everything starts just getting corrupted from there. And then you start craving masturbating to pornography more than if you're married having sex with a spouse and that's the insane thing about this is it reverses the sex drive and then people want to literally don't want to have sex with their wife who's sitting there staring at him saying where are you and they prefer the porn to a living person that's that's just crazy that's insane and of course this song is an analogy of the tormented the guy who is tormented the demonic, they call him, and Gasserines. 
in the Bible and uh, who Jesus set free. And this torment really nails it. And then he says, fighting voices in my head. It's the lies and the shame and the intense spiritual battle. A lot of people don't realize you're in the fight for your life. I mean, I had a full-on faith crisis before God broke me free with this stuff. It's, it's horrible. Think about Robbie Zacharias for a moment. And his story has often grieved me. And I think a lot of you probably know by now that I think he passed away in 2020, and then right after that, a lot of stories started coming to the light from different women in different places that he had been sexually harassing them, uh, going to massage parlors and basically manipulating women into sex. There was one story that came out where he even prayed before they did that. So... Robbie was somebody who traveled all over the world. The guy had more brain power in his pinky than most of us will ever have in our full head. He was extremely articulate and gifted, spiritually powerful, and yet, and yet he had this going on, living the double life. And as I know from experience, that's a tormented life. He must have been miserable, and he must have been felt trapped because if he goes and gets help for this and where it gets out, then hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people are going to get rocked. And they got rocked anyways when this story came out. But he must have felt tormented and trapped and like there's nobody I can talk to about this. And, and in the Casting Crown song, he, he screams out, is anybody out, anybody out there hearing me? Set me free from the chains holding me. Is anybody out there hearing me? So when you're going to church and you don't hear the topics like, Sex, suicide, depression, anxiety, spiritual warfare, ever or rarely mentioned, then how do you feel? I mean, I know I felt like a freak when I was in bondage to that stuff. And is anybody out there hearing me? So when I go out and speak, I'll ask people to raise their hand if they meet with another brother or sister in Christ, and usually only about 10 to 15% put their hands up. And the U.S. Surgeon General, just May of this year, they put out an alert on the epidemic of loneliness in the United States. So we may teach our Bible on Sunday, but we're basically breeding a whole generation of isolated believers because when you have no connection and fellowship, then what happens is we go to the counterfeit and the substitutes like social media and we, you know, we, we kid ourselves and thinking, well, I have Facebook friends. Well, all it is is a message board. You're not sitting in front of a new, another human being and sharing your heart. I mean, how often do you go on social media and see anybody sharing their weaknesses or mistakes they've made or, you know, I'm feeling hopeless today. That's extremely rare, but you do see a lot of people getting really wound up about everything outside of their situation, you know, politics or or whatever it is. And it's really tragic to watch believers fighting. And so all that to say is social media is not fellowship. It is not connection. We're starved and thirsty for connection. Often one of the first words we hear from people who call us for help, men and wives, is I have no one to talk to. 
And when the secular world, when the U.S. government says, hey, this is serious, and they listed a bunch of health risks because of isolation, you know we got a problem. It should be the church that's setting off alarm bells saying, this is bad. And you might say, yeah, yeah, I go to a Bible study. Well, you can hide in a Bible study. I'm talking about where you sit down with another brother or sister once a week and you're sharing your guts, meaning what are you really going through? Where are you today? Are you depressed, going through anxiety? Are you suffering with suicidal thoughts? Are you in bondage to some kind of sin? Struggling with anger, bitterness. I mean, those are very dangerous things. Are you burned out, wiped out? So I I know I talk a lot about sexual issues on this program, but we also go a, a lot into these other areas. Depression is a big one for a lot of people. I did a newsletter on depression, I think about a month, month and a half, and I got a big response for that. There are a lot of people in the church struggling with depression right now. Perhaps you're going through that even as you're listening to my voice. You are not alone. And that is one of the things I wanted to get through loud and clear with this show today is that one of the reasons that I do this broadcast is to reach out to people who are suffering and tormented and going through a tough time and saying, you're not alone. There are other people, we are here, who have been through hell, who have been through tough times, who are going through spiritual warfare all the time, and you are not alone. And there is somebody out there hearing you say that men and women who are struggling with pornography or sexual sin, you are not alone. We hear you. Wives who are often ignored with this issue, we hear you. Our ministry to wives is just as critical as our ministry to the men. Because if the wife doesn't heal, the marriage can still be lost. You're not alone. If, you, if you're going through depression, if you're anxiety, there's a lot of people going through those things right now. You're not alone. And spiritual warfare, man, we live in a time when the spiritual warfare is off the charts. And darkness is getting a stronger grip. You are not alone. Um, each and every one of you is meant to be a spiritual warrior and a fighter and an overcomer. And you have you who are blood-bought sons and daughters of the living God. You have his authority. You have the authority given to us that is mentioned in Ephesians 2 where it says that he seated us at the right hand with him far above all power and dominion and authority. You have more spiritual power than you realize, a lot of you, but the struggle is when we start listening to all the enemy's lies or as is often the case these days is we get too busy and choked and don't spend time prayer listening to God or isolate, all these things are factors. So we hear you. You are not alone. There are others who care. And we need to hear these topics brought out at the pulpits from church, no holds barred. And we need to talk about them openly and we need to equip people on how to recover and heal. And near the top has to be isolation is a killer. And then he uh, goes on in the song, Morning Breaks Another Day, finds me crying in the rain. All alone, he said, 
with my demons. Those are his words. Who is this man who comes my way? The dark ones shriek. They scream his name. Is this the one they say will set the captives free? What is our purpose at church? Is it to teach the Bible? We know the the Great Commission involves making disciples, but you cannot make a disciple if you don't if you have people in bondage, which means you have to understand part of your mission and your purpose is to be about Jesus' work to set captives free. So and that's why I quote that or we have it quoted at the beginning of these broadcasts. So this is from Isaiah sixty one The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, setting captives free. So if you understand there are a lot of people in churches every single day who are in bondage or hurting from all these issues I've described, then a part of our mission must be and our purpose must be to help them, to equip them on how to be overcomers in those areas. We cannot afford to keep shoving these issues down on the ground anymore and playing ostrich. <clears throat> and then going on in the song, Jesus, rescue me, set me free from the chains holding me. Is anybody out there hearing me? <clears throat> and then he says, do you want to be free? And Jesus asked that question of the man sitting in a pool. He said, do you want to be free? What that, where I'm going with that is we have to be willing to, to do, take some action steps. We don't just get silver bullet verses or somebody waves a magic prayer out over us. This is a war, so we have to become spiritual warriors and prayer warriors. We have to get plugged into support groups or at least in fellowship with another believer. We cannot sit there and stay stuck with where we are. We have to reach out stay connected and stay out of isolation for the rest of our life. I want to say again, do you want to be free? Are you willing to take those action steps? There are so many people, men and women that I talk to, when I say, okay, I can walk you through to healing, but these are the steps we got to take, and then they go blank. They don't really want to change. They just want to sit there in the mud and complain. That will get you nowhere. You have to take the action steps necessary to make a difference. So, my friends, you're not alone. There are others that are just like you that are going through just what you're going through. Contact us if you want some help and support. We have eight peregrine support groups going on during the week. doesn't cost you a penny. We also have uh, counseling, my books, and other resources. So thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. 
you can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.